Have you ever had one of those times when you are relaxing, reading a book, maybe right alongside the ocean, just enjoying the gentle slapping of waves along the shore? And then, without warning, a larger, stronger wave seizes the shore, knocks you off your feet, carries flip-flops and toys back into the sea. Well, that's how I felt about my summer this year. I planned for a simple, gentle wave sort of summer as a school bus driver. You gotta understand, summer is an all-important time to embrace. Instead, giant and unexpected waves of busyness came crashing and knocked me completely off course. I've been chasing flip-flops and toys ever since. Well, how do we handle the unexpected surges that charge into our lives and throw us off course? The answer is found in the Lord's Prayer. Find out more today on the next episode of Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello, hello. I am so thankful that you are here today. Uh, This is Joni Scott, and I am your host with Storming the Gates podcast. I'm going to be doing a series this fall based on the Lord's Prayer. And the first element of prayer we are going to look at, and we've already looked at it last episode, was Thy will be done, or surrender. But before we talk about surrender, I'm going to share a word God spoke to my heart recently that I believe is for all of us. It happened my first day back from a busy and full camping trip with kids and grandkids. And aside from a few short walks, I had had little time to spend with God in the quiet of the morning. Well, that has definitely been my life the past summer. Um, I don't know if it works with you, but I find that it usually takes a few days to clear my mind and heart and make room for the Lord's voice when I've been through a busy season. Well, so it was. As I was home, settling in for a quiet time with the Lord, I didn't expect anything in the way of hearing from Him. In fact, I started by asking Him a few questions about the direction of my podcast and my prayer ministry. Well, God put a word into my heart immediately, and I recorded it in my journal. He told me that the most important thing was what I was doing, sitting, praying, and waiting. This, He told me, is what is important. What is First, do this and all else will align correctly and I will work it all for you. And what was interesting was that right after writing down that word, I went online. I was listening to a message at Morningstar Ministries with Rick Joyner. Rick shared something the Lord gave him when he was very ill with COVID. He explained that during his illness, he began to see how so many prayers have been going up to the throne room since this world has been battling COVID. But, Rick explained, almost none are praying the prayer that God gave us. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And Rick continued, God says if we put the kingdom first, everything else will be added to us. Well, that truth is clearly spoken by Jesus in Matthew six thirty three. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But that truth had a fresh feel to it. In light of my morning devotion time and the word Rick Joyner shared, because it felt significant. 
it wasn't just a scriptural truth, but an actual recipe for survival. It was not merely God giving me a good suggestion, but it is a strong call to hand over our will and wants and let God dictate his will and wants. It's about standing in and not running from the storms that are threatening on the horizon. It is about trusting God's will concerning our possessions, our comforts, our government. You know, so many of us want God to answer our prayers for our kids, for our nation, but it may take some shaking to see those answers. In fact, it will take some shaking and we're going to get shaken too. You know, I believe God is telling us, all of us, where the handholds are to keep us from falling when the waves hit our boat. Those same waves that rock our boat are the ones that will send many running to Jesus. It is going to take faith to not panic, but to trust. That type of faith will come as we surrender to God's plan in these days. And it just really felt to me that God wanted me to know that this message of surrender is truly a word for our times. It is his desire that you would ride the waves with joy and not fear. You will get through the coming storm as you cling to him and trust in him. Okay, so let's begin by asking the question, how do we learn? this type of prayer, this powerful prayer of surrender. And we must begin by surrendering to God's will in the small things, in those day-to-day aspects of life, in those flip-flops being taken out to sea. Because this is the sort of thing that prepares us so that when we're dealing with the big traumas, we know that we can trust God because we've seen in the past how he took care of us in those daily irritants. Daily irritants such as when a person does something, it rubs us the wrong way, or when your refrigerator quits in the middle of a heat wave, or when you ask off on your birthday and you still have to work. Surrender begins when we trust God through each moment of our lives. Most of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. So let's pause there. Jesus taught us the simple act of surrender right there in the prayer he wanted us to use as a model. And this is what Rick Joyner was talking about. Thy will be done. Sometimes we have this tendency to mix up prayer with having a genie in a lamp. But we are not Aladdin. Although God could surely say as the genie did in Disney's version, you ain't never had a friend like me. A genie does our will when we rub the lamp the right way. But God's will doesn't change when we rub a lamp. We can't get what we want just by saying the right words, leaping through the right hoops, or being a good person and earning it. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have a plan and their own will. And sometimes they're going to use those irritants, those daily irritants. It's uh, like a fluffy cattle prod to get our stubborn souls moving in the right direction. So our part is to lean in close enough to know the Father's will and through obedience to see it accomplished. It is a partnership with God. As a school bus driver, 
I don't tell my boss when I want to take a break or which road I want my bus to travel on. I have to succumb to my route sheet in order to complete my part of the mission and get the kids safely to school each day. You know, it's kind of funny. As I'm reading that, I'm thinking about how recently I've balked a number of my boss's decisions. So this is me speaking to me right now. All right, um, let me give you an example. I had been wanting a video projector in our elementary Sunday school, and I am not techy enough to know what to get or how to set it up. So I approached a number of people who all offered to help, but no one ever helped. So I was getting frustrated. And I would like to say that I recognize that my frustration was not of the Lord because the Bible tells us the wisdom that comes from above is full of peace. Nope, I was getting angry and stressed, but I was bottling it up. And that is exactly how we can know when we have not surrendered to the Lord. We're agitated. We lack peace. We get frustrated. And we blame others on our expectations not being met. I would like to say I took it to the Lord and surrendered his will, but I did not. Nope. Instead, I openly expressed my frustrations to the church administrator, and there was a couple standing nearby who overheard my complaint, and they offered to help. And here's the thing. It turned out I didn't need or want a projector at all. The couple helped me create a better, more efficient system for showing videos with a large TV. And that's when I realized that God was actually the one keeping me from being able to move in the direction that I was just so certain was necessary. I should have let go of control and trusted his plan all along. If you're hitting a dead end and the going is tough, it could be you are fighting God and trying to force your own way. So I, I want to follow that up by sharing a story of when I actually did surrender. I had been immersed in the book, Experiencing Jesus Christ by Jeanne Gian. I'm going to share more about her in a minute. Her story and her life encouraged me to give each detail of my day into the Lord's hand and trust him with what he chose to bring into my life. So early one morning, I went to work and I did what we call a pre-trip on my school bus. That's when you test the lights and levels to make sure your bus will be safe out on the road. And I do this at 5 a.m. when there are no mechanics at the garage yet. While I can take a sub bus if there's a problem, it is a nuisance, believe me, to run back for a pair of keys. And then I have to start the process all over again in a different bus that I am not as familiar with, especially in the cold and where I live. Most of those morning pre-trips, pre it's bitterly cold. Usually all's well, but this particular morning, I had one of my flashing red lights out and there was no mechanic on duty and there was no time if one was available. So I had to run back to the bus garage, find the keys to a sub bus, start the pre-trip process all over. And I was stressed out and agitated because I knew this would cause me to run late and I saw no way that this could be a good thing. But because I had committed to trusting God in my everyday life, I stopped and I thanked him for the light being out. And I told him, I trust you with my life. And I thank you for this light not working. <laughs> it did take a bit of determination, but I set my face to trust and not to stress. Well, later that day, the mechanic approached me. It's a good thing you didn't take your bus this morning, he explained. 
when we brought the bus over to fix the light, we noticed that the alternator wasn't charging your battery. You probably would have been stranded out there somewhere if you took it. Whoa, that was a great little lesson from God. Even though we won't always see the reason for an irritant that's thrown into our past, surrendering means trusting God has a reason and we will accept his will. Now, here is another important reason to learn how to surrender. My brother and I were talking about this very topic, and he told me that sometimes what we call prayer may just be worrying out loud. And since then, I've checked myself when I'm sharing my need with the Lord. Am I just feeling stressed and worrying about it to God? Or am I truly entrusting this thing to the Lord? That is a good question to ask yourself. So let's say a person has fallen desperately in love with someone else. They're so smitten with this individual that they're certain God has assigned that one to be their future spouse. Then when they go to pray about it, they really only want one answer from the Lord. They will only accept one because they have predetermined the answer and cannot bear to picture life without the beloved. In order to truly hear God's voice and not our own, at times, overbearing emotions, it is good to sit before the Lord and ask ourselves, am I willing to accept the answer, even if it's not what I hope or think it should be? Sometimes I've had to sit and wrestle with my own heart for a season before I'm ready to truly seek God for his answer. And this idea would also apply to, say, feeling called to move somewhere or changing schools or job opportunities. Job opportunities is one place I have had to wrestle with God more than once. When I first moved to Marquette, Michigan, I had a fantastic interview at what I would have considered to be my dream job. And surely that was the you know, will of God for me. I battled and I fought to contain my own expectations and entrust the outcome of that interview to God. You know what? I was pretty hurt when I was passed up. I had to revisit the Lord and dump out my frustrations. But in the end, I gave in and I found myself singing with a trust that rose out of disappointment. I still believe in your faithfulness. You may also ask, why pray at all if God's just going to do what he wants? Well, I don't want to get too deep in the theological swamp of the sovereignty of God because there's been a lot more written by by smarter people than me. But I do want to share a simple thought. God is answering your prayer when it's a no or when he sends you in a different direction or when he withholds what we so desperately want. In fact, his hand is directing your destiny as you go to him in prayer. He may very well be answering your prayer by keeping you from the very thing you would forcefully take if you could. I mean, raise your hand if you're the one who desperately wanted to marry someone once and now think, thank you, Jesus, that didn't happen. (laughs) King David once lay on the ground and fasted for seven days, refusing to eat or bathe until God spared his child. On the seventh day, God answered that prayer by taking King David's son to heaven. David's servants were sure he'd flip out, so no one wanted to tell him. But David saw them whispering, and he perceived what the answer was. 
2 Samuel 12, verse 20 tells us, David then arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Worshipped? Yes. He gave God the glory due his name, even when things did not go his way, despite his many tears. The story goes on. Then a servant said unto him, What thing is this thou hast done? Thou dost fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou dost rise and eat bread? And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And so we see David was prepared in his spirit to accept God's answer. But while there was yet hope, he prayed with all his heart. And we can see that God did hear and answered David's prayer just in a different way. Even though one child was taken to heaven, verses 24 to 25 of that same chapter tells us that God comforted the child's mother by causing her to bear another son. And that son was Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived and a great king in Israel. Well, we may be trying to control God in situations, but we're not even aware of it. My brother wisely shared how taking control doesn't always look aggressive. We may just be wanting to be liked by others, and it keeps us from confronting or dealing with something when God asks us to. We may humbly turn down a ministry opportunity that God has called us to. We don't believe that God would want such a flawed soul in in the ministry. But if he calls you and you say no, that is really telling God he doesn't know what he's doing and it's trying to steer from the passenger seat. Ah, And can you imagine what happens and how quickly we would crash if we did that? All right, so let's just recap a couple main points here. Number one, we learn to surrender by giving God not only the large problems, but the small daily irritants. Two, Surrendering does not mean that we're not battling in prayer, but we battle as a partner with God in accordance with his will. Number three, we can know if we're still trying to control the situation by our lack of peace or when we believe there's only one good answer and are willing to accept any other answer. Number four, while God may not give us what we want, He will often answer our prayers in an unexpected or a different way. Let me close with one more example of a surrendered life. I mentioned Jean-Guyan earlier. I hope that's how you pronounce it. She was a French woman in the 17th century, and she lived a life of continual submission and surrender before the Lord. Because of that, She was considered a heretic by the church in her day, and she spent eight years in the damp and dank, infamous Bastille prison. And it was all because she believed God could and would answer even the lowly who turned to God in personal prayer. She was willing to suffer and even die for the Lord, and she accepted her sentence as a gift from God. While she was there, Even those who stood guard over her died or grew ill from the terrible conditions. Yet, Jian Gian's depth of surrender was such that after eight years, 
She was reluctant to leave the cell because she had so deeply come to know the presence of the Lord there. Madame Guion wrote a powerful book called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. And what we are calling surrender, she called abandonment. Madame Guion wrote, What is abandonment? It is forgetting your past. It is leaving the future in his hands. It is devoting the present fully and completely to your Lord. Abandonment is being satisfied with the present moment, no matter what that moment contains. You are satisfied because you know whatever that moment has, it contains, in that instant, God's eternal plan for you. Let's ask ourselves, am I satisfied with the answers that God is giving me? Am I satisfied with this moment? Lord, we ask you to allow ourselves to see ourselves, our own hearts, how we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're supposed to have one thing, but that might not be your will at all for us. I pray, Lord, that we will surrender completely to the moments of our lives, to the big shakings, to the little shakings, to the irritants, and to the things that completely rock our world. Lord, we love you, and we choose to trust you in this day and in this hour, and we ask for the grace and faith in the days ahead. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.